Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blindspot Show, where leaders lead leaders. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is George McGarren, founder of the McGarren Group. And George, you founded your company right at 20 years ago, and you help Fortune 500 companies in the U.S., and you also help them in South America and in Europe, and you specialize in finding the needle in the haystack leader. Most executive recruiting firms try to run away from those because it's very hard to do, but you've been extremely successful building your company that way. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to like your background, right? You have this world knowledge of just doing a lot of things and meeting a lot of people. And I think that skill set helps you connect with just really everyone from any type of situation. And I mean, that's one of the pieces or reasons that you were successful. But I think being able to relate, like, you know, even when you and I had spoken the first time, we started talking about all these cool countries we both lived in, right? And yes. uh, I think it's an important piece to at least the recruiting world. You know, you have to be able to relate to the other person pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and you do obviously a very good job, not just by my opinion, but you're apparently ranked 30th most connected recruiter on LinkedIn. And boy, LinkedIn has like half a billion users and you're on, amongst the top, I think, 125th most connected person on LinkedIn. So somehow you have figured all that out. But uh, but I know you have a blind spot or two. So I'm going to turn the show over to you and tell us what was one or two blind spots that you discovered <laughs> about yourself. Right. So, I mean, so I've got three companies prefacing it with one is an eight figure business. Another one's a seven figure business. And the third one is a, is a six figure business about to go seven. Right. I'm a terrible, terrible, terrible planner. I'm just not good at planning. And I'm also not a great executor. Right. But to run a business, those are probably two of the worst you could probably have. What I do is, I mean, I bring people on board for my team that can help me. So I think where I am good at, I'm good at the vision part. I always hire, you know, hire people that can, that can fill in all of my weaknesses. I mean, I have more weaknesses than probably <laughs> than, than, uh, than pluses there, but I, I'm always very conscious of what I can't do. And I, and I hire people that, that are excellent at that. So it's a lesson I learned from a lot of executives as well, right? Like they, they're very, some things they're not great at. The ones that do really well hire people to fill in those gaps. I think you just answered the question that was coming, which is how did you discover your blind spot? And it sounds like in part by, you know, watching blind spots and others. But is there anything else you want to say about how you discovered it? I think it's just from trial and error, right? You get in, you get caught in these situations, you know, where you you realize, okay, well, next time if I could do that again, how would I do it? And I mm -hmm. think it's just from a it's from an experience thing as well. I think when I, I started my recruiting business uh, 20 years ago, you know, no plan, didn't have any money, didn't have, I just didn't have any clue really of what my my three month six month I would see these people talk about business plans I thought it was the most ridiculous sort of waste of time like why would you come mm -hmm. up with a business plan so you know you get older you kind of appreciate these things right but you know I think it's just a lot of trial and error from my side and I you know I have a very sort of zero to hero back to zero back to hero story to some extent you know I've learned the hard way uh, in in theory <laughs> I should have just hired coaches you know 18 years ago to figure things out for me but I, I didn't go that route so. Well, then what had you actually start your staffing firm? I was working at the big four, ended up in uh, for a smaller company in Miami, and I found myself unemployed. And I just thought, okay, never again will I work for somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I'd worked at these, I mean, I don't know if they're called pedigree, but pedigree places. I went to some decent schools and and I was still unemployed. And I just thought, you know, this is not really what I'm striving for. 
you know, if I'm ever out of work again, I want it to be my own fault, right? Because it was something I didn't do. I didn't want it to be the fault of someone else. Sometimes these moments like the coronavirus, you know, COVID-19 that we're now, for a lot of people mm -hmm. they are going through a tough time. You know, it's, there's things like that that just seem terrible. They, I mean, it was a blessing to me. Um, at, you know, at, it didn't feel like it, but it was a blessing. Yeah. Well, you can probably see some blind spots in other executives right now. Do you want to say something about what you see given given where we are? And I think you turned it into another business. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly right. Two things, right? Number one would be networking, but the sec second thing is their own executive branding. Our second business is helping you know executives that make maybe from three hundred thousand dollars a year to four to five million. We help them tell a better story. But as a blind spot for some of these folks, they've been so busy running businesses, right, and so busy building teams, and we're and they just really haven't taken the time to tell their own story. And you've seen this over and over, right? Like you have brilliant mm -hmm. people that can dissect, you know, global markets. And then you ask them about, you know, hey, Bob, or hey, hey, Judy, the $3 million they're paying you, why is that? And they, they, they can't answer that question, right? It's, uh, I would say the, they're just terrible at their own brand. And I think the second thing is, to them, it hasn't been that important, but I can tell you, it has to always be important to them because later on, you know, when they do need something like that, the branding side or the networking side, you know, they'll, they'll pay the consequences if they're not already prepared. Yeah. So especially now during, you know, these COVID times, oil and gas price crashes, you know, the stock market issues, I mean, there are lots of executives who are now finding themselves unemployed. So to your point, you know, they probably never had to worry about it. And this is the first time that they are. So what advice do you have, you know, including that what you said that they need to think about branding themselves? I would immediately go after, I mean, I call this the sort of the power base, you know, think about who you've worked with before. Think about who has worked underneath you. Think about some of the partners, some of the vendors, you know, if you're like day one and you're on the market and you're looking for your next, your next role, I would get out a piece of paper and I would write down everybody that I've ever worked with. And maybe I haven't spoken to them in a while. And I would think about how to reactivate some of those relationships. That's the first thing I'd do. I mean, it's old school networking, right? You know, before you get on the LinkedIn, before you get onto the computer, just get a piece of paper and write down who you might need to talk to. And then obviously you need to reactivate it, but you need to reactivate and give value, right? To see how you can help them out. And, uh, yes. You know, if you do that enough, I think eventually things come full circle. But and we talk about a blind spot. In theory, this is something that somebody should continuously do, right? Not only when they're looking, but they should also do it during the year and the career to see who they can help. The ones that do that a lot, you know, if things don't go as well as planned, um, they do really, really well in situations like that. So the the idea is to sort of always be playing offense. Yeah. And I think you're right. The the always part tends to be the blind spot. And these days we hardly ever see companies and people that stay for 20 to 40 years or their entire life. How how often do you see that anymore? I uh, I mean, I would say pretty much. I mean, I would say it's probably what 5% if that it's yeah. pretty low. There's also a, there's a negative to staying too long, right? It's called, I call it the, the steady eddy syndrome, right? If you stay too long mm -hmm. financially, career wise, in terms of title opportunity. So you, you'll see a lot of people, they'll after, after about five, six, you know, 10, 12 years, they'll, they'll kind of get the itch to move. But a mistake a lot of executives make is they're not great at writing down all the quote unquote good stuff they've done, you know, the last six months, a year. Like I would recommend every six months, you know, if you're traveling on the road, you're, you're at a hotel, you know, just take time to write down some of the achievements, wins, deals, you know, whatever you want to call it. And you can have sort of a docket, right? So later mm -hmm. on, when you start to interview at other places, you start to put yourself in the market, you can use that as preparation material to tell your story better, right? And most executives don't do that. 
And uh, I think it's a big, big problem for them because when they need to use that material, which like, I don't know about you, but I forget sometimes what I did last week, right? They need to be able to pull from that. And that's another mistake that I see probably with 90% of the people that I work with on the branding side of the, of the aisle. So, you know, you've pointed out some great blind spots and others, and you yourself have gone through a lot. One of the things that I was curious about is if resources are correct, you spent three solid months working and living at a 9-11 cleanup site in New York. And, you know, you wouldn't say that's technically an achievement, but wow, what an impact that must have had on you and the, the value you probably have added to other people's lives by that experience. Is there anything you can elaborate or share with us about that experience and how that has impacted your career? I'm happy you you bring that up because that's a question I, I rarely get. And uh, I've been on a lot of shows. So after 9-11, it was a sort of a crime zone. They were taking all of the material and they were sending it mm -hmm. to another site in New York. My, my job was not at all glorious, right? I was working inside of this sort of tent and fitting seasoned FBI agents and seasoned police and firemen and women. And I was just fitting them with, with these outfits and they would go out and they would bring all of the, all of the remains and, and, and all the material. Initially, they called it the island. It was called Fresh Kills. That's what they named it. They later renamed it to a different thing, obviously. But I had the opportunity to walk around some of this. It was a huge crime zone, right? Mm -hmm. And you would see these fire trucks. I mean, it's amazing. Fire trucks stacked on top of fire trucks. And they were stacked on like they were just little toys, you know, down to the tire. Mm -hmm. And these these were mm -hmm. untouched because it was a crime zone. It was beams of, of, of steel and clothing from people. It was just, it was horrible to see. I was I was touched by it literally for the, for the three months I was there. Every morning we would start like with a prayer or something like that. Everybody in the same tent and you would see these seasoned people that had worked for 40 years the whole tent would just just start crying it's one thing it's one thing to see it on the news and this just might be a little graphic but it's it's another thing to see you know pairs of shoes of kids you know and just see it in yeah. front of you i mean it's not the same you know and uh yeah. you know the damage that was done but I, I can tell you the takeaway I, I got from that was, I mean, we weren't we're, we weren't the only country that was harmed by that. But the you know New York and and even the United States, like we're as a country, we're we're pretty good at getting up, you know, from horrible mm -hmm. things. And mm -hmm. you know, some of these people, they just to see them and see they 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 had seen everything in their life, you know, in their career, and they were just cry like like a five year old or a six. They were just cry and cry and cry. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just there were there were a lot of people that you know I'd worked with. They just they didn't last two days, three days because it was so emotional, you know. Yeah. Um, to me, it was one of the best things I've ever. Ever done, but I never really know how to say it or how to talk about it because I don't really feel like I'm doing any of it justice. You know, I was just a you know, I just another person helping out there. And life is short. There's a lot of great people out there. It's a, this is a great country, and you know, there's people that really genuinely want to help, right? And I, I got to meet. I mean, I know there's a lot of right now, July 2020. We're talking about defunding police departments, and I got to work with these people for three months, and they're they were some of the nicest people I'd ever met. You know, I mean, they really they're doing it for us, you know, in the community. So I got yeah. to see a different side of of kind of people. That, that help out. I mean, these days were just amazing people. I live in New Jersey, but I live in a town five miles from New York City. So we can see, you know, all of New York City. I know, you know, five or six people that passed away from 9-11. And uh, it, it, it's, you know, it definitely hit home. But to see it, you know, to see it right there, you see these, you know, just fire truck stacked on top of fire truck as if they were just little toys. Unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, I'm even more clear than before about, you know, your passion and helping people. And that's probably a, a big reason why you succeed so well. And then you're used to crisis. And so as we wrap up the show, what else would you like, you know, other leaders to know about when you're in crisis? 
Fred, I would say if you're if you're in crisis, I mean, it really starts with the pre-planning beforehand. You know, I mean, I call them if-then statements. You know, if this happens, mm-hmm. then do this. And I think mm-hmm. those are things that you can prepare for, you know, beforehand. I use the analogy of, I don't know if you're a big saver, but you can kind of pre-save for certain life accidents, right? Or, or an insurance mm-hmm. policy, let's say. You know, think about career incidents almost as an insurance policy and pre-plan for some of these things because they will happen. And I think that will give you a peace of mind. You'll know how to react and, and how to act accordingly. And then the last piece, is just to continuously be networking. You don't get directly paid for it, right? To network. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, people work with people, you know, and they work with people they can trust. and, And that's really what networking to me is. Yes. Very good. Well, thank you for sharing your experiences with us. And what's the best way to get in touch with you? They could just look me up on LinkedIn. It's just uh, George and then McGarren. If they just remotely yep. spell the name correctly, they'll find me, right? I'll uh, put it on our link. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate you having me on. It's always good to catch up with you too. Yes. Thank you. And thank you listeners for continuing to lead during times when your leadership is critical and you're likely to get critically judged. So for a copy of the 10 most common leadership lines, spots, please visit ceoblindspots.com.